0: Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Today we are in part two of our message series called Stretch Thin. We're talking about the things in life that cause us to be too stretched thin, and then what does God say to remedy it? Now last week we ended by talking about making the time we have left in life really count. And look, and if you missed last week, I'm telling you, please go back, watch it on our Parkway Fellowship app on your phone, or go watch it on our website, but go check it out because basically, if we stay stretched thin too long, then it causes the relationships that matter most in life to snap, and we don't want that to happen. And God doesn't want that to happen. Like, that's not his plan for you. That's not his plan for me. In fact, look what Jesus says to those people who are stretched too thin in life. Look at your first verse there in your worship guide. It's in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. It says, Jesus says this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, doesn't that sound nice? Like, that sounds so good. But the truth is, it feels completely impractical. Because we have so many commitments. We've got so much that we're already committed to doing. But God tells us here, he's like, it's clear that he doesn't want us to live our lives like stressed out, maxed out, overburdened, overloaded, like stretched thin. So, something's got to give. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're, today we're going to talk about where to cheat. Now, the first time I ever even heard these sorts of terms, it was like, it was like eight years ago. I was in a leadership conference, and that day, Andy Stanley was speaking. If you've ever heard him, you ne- if you've never heard him, you need to. He's amazing. Um, he was speaking that day, and he told a story about during a time in life when his kids were like really, really small, and his wife just needed more of him at home, but he, it was not too recent that he had started his church that had already blown up to several thousand people so there wasn't more of him to give and so like he was at a crossroads you know much like us he had a choice to make and so he chose to go home every day at four o'clock so he could help his wife with the little kids every day at four o'clock now basically, he knew he had to cheat something. And so he chose to cheat the church and not cheat his family. And I just remember being in that you know, conference that day. I mean, I was completely undone by that story because the truth is, like, I had, like, little toddlers at home. And I remember I was just sitting there. I was like, God, I don't want to cheat my kids i mean allergies terrible that day right so i was was like and so and so i made some commitments that day now i I didn't commit to go home every day at four o'clock like that wasn't what my family needed the most but what i did commit to doing was every time my kids had a school program like i left to go watch the program and i I never missed a single one i I made a commitment to work hard during the day so when five o'clock came like I could walk out and I could truly leave it all behind. So I could truly be present at home. Those are, and now, I, I haven't done it all perfectly. I mean, there's been times in my life it's gotten out of balance. And I, I shared a little bit of that, of that with you last week. But my, my point is, is that there is always a choice of where to cheat. There's always a choice of where to cheat. And I'll look and all of us face this same kind of dilemma at some time or another because, look, there's there's this tension between work and home. There's a tension between what I do to make a living and what I do to make a life. And the difficulty comes and we feel that tension when it doesn't feel like we actually have a choice. But the truth is, We do. We always have a choice. It, you know, even when we choose the job, when we choose the job, we're choosing that schedule. And if I don't want to choose that schedule, then my choice is not to choose that job. But the point is, we really do all have a, have a choice. And most of the time, when we feel stretched thin, it's because we know we're cheating something. And we don't like what we're cheating. And sometimes we don't feel like we have a choice in what we're cheating. And so God's going to show us today that if we will follow him, if we will take his principles and put them into practice in our lives and do what he says, then he will lead us in how to choose where to cheat. Because remember, something's got to change. And so God's going to lead us of, of, of what to do as we talk today. So, let's start by asking this question, what does God say about choosing where to cheat? What does He say about choosing where to cheat? Well, the first thing He says is this, is that in marriage, submit to one another. When it comes to marriage, I need to submit, we need to submit to one another. Now. Before we read the passage, let me just say a quick word to all the singles that are listening today, especially like the 20-something singles. Like, this stuff is so important for you to get a hold of today because right now in your life, You are forming habits that you will take into your future marriage. You will take into your future family someday. In fact, it's already affecting you. It already affects the relationships you have with your friends. It affects the relationships you have with your current family, with your parents, with your brothers and sisters. It even affects your current romantic relationships. So you need to get this stuff down today that God is saying, because if you don't, I can promise you. It will come at great personal cost at some point in time in the future. So get this stuff right today. All right, so let's look at this next verse. It's in Ephesians chapter five, verse 21. And this verse is written to husbands and to wives. It's written to both. And here's what God says. He says this. He says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, the next verse, verse 22, says wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. Now look, that verse causes so much ruckus that nobody hears verse 21 because of all the noise. But we need to understand, this one verse, verse 21, is so important because this, look, this one verse can change any marriage. This one verse, God can use to change the course of any marriage. He can use this one verse to draw two people together. He can use this one verse to rekindle love between uh, any couple. He can use this one verse to create a marriage that can last until death do us part. I'm telling you, this verse is so critical. In fact, this verse is so important. I want us to say it out loud together. Okay? Ready? Go. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Look, nowhere in the Bible does God ask me to submit to my career or to submit to my personal advancement or to submit to my hobbies or to my activities, or to making more money, or to building a bigger company, or to increasing my network of friends. Nowhere does God say that. God only says that I am to submit to him and to submit to my spouse. And that's it. That's what he says that I'm to do. Now look, none of us are so naive to think that there are not seasons in life where the demands at work Are going to overshadow the demands at home i mean look there's just seasons in life when that happens and when that happens we need to submit to one another but in doing so we need to make sure that that only lasts for a short season and doesn't become long term okay let me show you what i'm talking about i brought with me today a 45 pound plate okay it's a 45 pound weight and let's just say that this 45-pound weight represents your responsibilities at home. So whatever your responsibilities are, we know whether it's you know, mowing the yard or taking care of the cars or coaching the kids' teams or you know, doing the dishes or managing the finances, what, whatever your home responsibilities are, let's just say that this weight represents those responsibilities okay now let's also say that you have received a new promotion at work or you started a new job or you've got you're kicking off a new career you're opening a new business or you're just starting homeschool did there's something that whatever it is that you do for your work like there's been a massive change and a dramatic increase in responsibilities And so what you need to do for a while is you need to take your home responsibilities and you need to hand them off to your spouse. Or if you're single with kids, you need to take your home responsibilities and you need to hand some of them off to your kids if they're old enough. And look, because of this verse, your spouse, out of mutual reverence for Christ, submits and says, okay, I'll take on those responsibilities. Your kids, because they love you, take on those responsibilities for a season. And so remember, they're already carrying their own responsibilities, but now they take yours on too. Your spouse takes yours on too. At least until you can get your arms around your new responsibilities, they put their arms around your home responsibilities. Okay, now, here's where the problem comes in. The problem comes when you leave that weight in their arms too long. When this becomes the new normal for your spouse. When this becomes the new normal for your kids. Because over time, that weight becomes too heavy. And they tire, their arms get weaker until eventually (laughs) they drop the weight because they can't carry any longer. And you know that you have left that weight in their hands too long when you keep repeating promises that it's going to get better. You know you've left that weight in their hands too long when you chronically miss important events. You know you've left that weight in their hands too long when you keep pointing to the future to make up for the past. And then one day, you come home like 10 minutes later than you had promised, and your spouse blows up and walks out the door, and all of a sudden you find yourself separated, and you think, What just happened? I mean, I just came home 10 minutes late. Or your kids' grades begin to drop and there's really no good explanation. Or you come home from a business trip and you realize, like, nobody's really missed you. That's the sound of the weight dropping. What do you do? Like, What's the solution to that? Well the solution to that is this one verse. You have to get back to submitting to one another. Your spouse or your kids, they have carried that weight too long and so now it's time for you to take it back again. It's time for you to submit yourself just like they've submitted to you to carry the weight. It's time for you to submit yourself to your spouse and carry that weight back again for a while. Look, so whenever there's a change, you know, a new job, a new baby, a new career, a new semester, a new move, a new, like, whatever. Like, it is, look, it is okay to agree to hand off some responsibilities, but you have to take them back. Essentially, this is what you have to do. You have to agree on when to take the weight back again. On the front end, you agree with your spouse, hey, if you'll carry this for this amount of time, then I will take it back again. That's what you have to do. You've gotta agree with your spouse on that. You gotta do that on the front end. So if you've gotta give that away for a season, then when that season comes to an end, you mutually submit to take that weight back again. Because look, you can't expect them to carry it forever. They will tire, and it's at that point you have to mutually submit to take that weight back again. that make sense? Okay. Second thing that we need to do, because look, God, let me just say this last thing. The reason God tells us to submit to one another is because that is his way of protecting you and your spouse and your kids from going so long carrying such a heavy weight that you can't carry it anymore. That's why he asked, it's one of the big reasons why he asks us to mutually submit, okay? All right, number two, in family, don't give in to fear. In family, don't give in to fear. Look, the, the re- real reason why we get stretched so thin, most of the time, is not, not because we've just been overscheduled or because we got overcommitted. Most of the time, the reason we're stretched too thin, the real reason behind it all is fear. It's fear of, like, will that person still love me? Will we have enough money? Will my kid be able to get a scholarship? What if I fail? Everything behind all that is just fear, 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 fear. And that's what motivates us to become overextended, to become stretched through thin, is because we fear. Fear. Okay, but get this. Did you know that the most repeated command in the Bible is fear not? The most repeated command in the entire Bible, one that gets said more than any other, is is two words. Fear not. And one of the most famous passages is found in Isaiah chapter 43, beginning in the second half verse 1. It says this. This is God talking. He says, fear not. Circle those two words. Fear not not for i have redeemed you i have summoned you by name you are mine when you pass through the waters i will be with you and when you pass through the rivers they will not sweep over you basically that's a reference to when god parted the red sea people of israel walked across on dry land basically god made a way when there was no way okay when you walk through the fire you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That's a reference to when three guys were thrown into a fiery furnace and they did not burn up. Basically, God made a way when there was no way. So look, do not fear. Okay, If you're a Christ follower, there's no reason to fear because over and over and over and over again through the Bible, God says that He'll provide for you. Like He'll guide your future. He'll guide your kids in their future. And he will open doors for you. So basically, God will make a way when there is no way. So why do we fear? Well, here's why we fear: it's because we fear the unknown. So when, whenever some, we're about to encounter something and it's, we just we don't know, it's unknown to us. Like we just fear. But since God knows the unknown, there's no reason to fear. See, God God knows how your life is going to work out. Like, he sees your life laid out before you. He knows what's going to happen. He knows how this situation is going to work out. He knows when that job is going to come. He knows how this is all going to, you know, turn out. He he sees all that. And so because, because you know him and he knows that, there's no reason to fear. The only thing we need to do is trust. So we trust him. Now, doesn't mean that you don't have free will, okay? People do. You have free will, I have free will, and people still make choices. They make a mess of things, but God is so big and so powerful, he can even work through the messes that we make, okay? But look, here's the point. Most of the time, the reason behind why we're stretched so thin, the reason behind all that, it's fear, okay? But what if you trusted God with that fear? What if you took your fear and you said, "Okay, God, I give you that fear and I'm not going to take it back again. I trust you with that fear. I in fact, God, I want to be motivated by you and not motivated by that fear any longer. So I trust you with that fear." And do you think that that would bring peace to your soul? Yeah, it would. Now, the first step to trusting God is to trust His Son, Jesus Christ. And you have to trust Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you and then make a commitment to follow Him. See, that's what being a Christian, being a Christ follower is. And it starts at the same spot for everybody. Everybody starts by asking Jesus to come into their life. See, Jesus died on a cross so that His death could pay for your forgiveness so you could have a relationship with God and go to heaven when you die so if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you you have to start there everybody starts there and he he says he will and it's it's a free his forgiveness is free but the expectation is that from that day forward you would follow him as best you can so if you ever made a commitment to ask Jesus come into your life to forgive you and then follow him from that day forward? If you've never done that, start there. There's a prayer at the bottom of your message notes. If you've never prayed that prayer before, start and pray that prayer today, okay? Um, Now, once you've prayed that prayer, then you can move on to number three. And number three says this, is that basically, in my unique roles, don't trade. In my unique roles, don't trade. Look, I have, Two unique roles in this life. My first role is to be the husband to Amy. That role is unique to me. My second unique role is to be a dad to Libby and Ben. Those are my two unique roles in this life. Those are roles that nobody else can fill. Now look, I mean, I I know that people get remarried, and I know that there's step-parent situations, and there's adoptive parent situations. Like, I get all that. But all of those are a result of living in a fallen world. None of those are a part of God's original plan. Okay? So the two unique roles that I have are to be a husband to Amy and a dad to Libby and Ben. Those are my two unique roles that I am supposed to fulfill in my life. Okay? But that's not true at my work. Like at my work, I am the senior pastor at Parkway Fellowship. Okay? And my some of my primary roles are to write and deliver sermons okay but that role is not unique to me there are thousands of people who do that every single weekend all over the world and so that role is not unique to me in fact at parkway fellowship someday somebody else is gonna have that role okay now I'm not sick, like I don't feel bad, like I mean, like I plan to be here for a long time, okay? So don't worry about that. But someday in the future, somebody else will have that role because this role is not unique to me. Someone else one day will have it. And, and that's just the reality of it. So if if that's true, then why would I trade? the role of what only i can do for what somebody else can do and one day somebody else will do that would be a bad trade and the very same thing is true for you like you have some unique roles in this life that only you can do if If you're married or you want to be married someday, then that is a role that is unique to you. If you want to, if you have kids or you want to have kids, that is a role that is unique to you. If you are a grandparent or you want to be a grandparent, that is a role that is unique to you. If you are a great grandparent or you want to be a great grandparent, that is a role that is unique to you. So. Why would you trade time in a role that is unique to only you for something that, some, that someone else can and will do? Like, that's a bad trade. Literally, every time. Now, look, let's be honest here, okay? Like, there are seasons in life when you do have to make that trade. There, there are seasons in life where you have to make that trade. So, let's just be honest. That, that happens. But... My point is this, you can't keep making that trade. If you do, it has to be for a short amount of time, but you cannot keep making that trade. You can't keep trading that role that is unique to you for a role that you know, somebody else can and eventually will do. You can't keep making that trade. Uh, let me say it like this, okay? Um, don't trade what is unique to you for what someone else can do. Don't do that. Don't do that long term. Don't trade what is unique to you for what someone else can do. Because look, there are only one set of single years. There's only one set of young married years. There's only one set of toddler years. There's only one set of teenage years. There's only one set of empty nester years. There's only one set of grandparent years. There's only one set of great grandparent years. And it doesn't really matter what comes after that because you won't remember it anyway, right? (laughs) But there's only one set of those things. So my point is, what if you really trusted God for him to take care of the stuff at work, whatever that work is, and it doesn't matter whether you're a male or female, what if you really trusted God to take care of the stuff at work so that you could take care of the unique roles that He's trusted you to do? What if you really trusted God to take care of that so you could, you could take care of what He's trusted you to do here? What if you did that? What if you really took seriously this next verse that Jesus talks about? When he talks about worry and getting stretched. In Matthew chapter six, verse 34, Jesus says this. He says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Look, life, life has enough regrets of its own, right? So don't regret wondering what God would have done if you had trusted him with this so that you could take care of that. Don't spend your life regretting that because look, don't worry about that stuff tomorrow. Don't worry how it's gonna work out. God's got it worked out. Trust him. Just don't trade what's unique to you for what someone else can do. So I'm gonna do something. In your seat, There is a brown luggage tag, I want you to find this. And if for whatever reason you can't find it because somebody else swiped it or like you just misplaced it or whatever, um, we have uh, some of our staff members that um, have some. So if you need one, raise your hand, they'll bring one to you. But everybody, grab your luggage tag right now. Grab this luggage tag, okay? Here's what I want you to do. On one side of the luggage tag, I want you to write whatever your fear is that keeps you stretched so thin. So whatever that fear is that's driving you to become overextended, overcommitted, maxed out, stressed out, I want you to write that on one side. So for instance, for you, if the reason you work so much is that you're afraid that you're not gonna have enough money, then write that fear down. If for you, the reason why you're overcommitted is because of your need for approval from someone else, then write that fear down. For me, what I wrote down on my tag is that my fear is not being looked up to as being successful like that's hard to admit but that's my fear that keeps me driving so I want you to write your fear on one side then on the other side I want you to write three words everybody write the same three words I want you to write I won't trade On the other side, write, I won't trade. So whatever that fear is that drives you to become overextended in roles that are not unique to you, I want on the other side to write and say, I won't trade. And then here's what I want you to do. Outside, there are cages that look just like this. What I want you to do is I want you to take your luggage tag on your way out today. Just find one of those that are kind of scattered throughout the lobby area. I don't want you to hang it. Just hang it right there. Because basically you're saying, God, I am giving you my fear, and I am not going to take it back again. I am walking away from it, and in doing so, I am committing to say to you, God, I won't trade. Would you do that today? So take that luggage tag. And write it down and make a commitment to God saying, God, I won't trade. I want everybody to bow your head, close your eyes. Let me pray for us all. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you for that message that you spoke to Andy so many years ago that filtered down into my life and that is filtered down to all of us today. And I ask that you would help us. God, if we've handed off a weight and left it too long, God, I ask that you would help us to mutually submit and take it back again today. And Father, I ask that for all of us, you would help us not operate in fear, but operate in faith, that we would trust you, and that you would help each one of us, oh God, to not trade our unique roles that you've trusted us with for something that someone else can do, and that one day someone else will do. So help us not to trade anymore. help us not be motivated by that fear help us to trust you and in doing so not stay stretched so thin so i ask that you would help us to trust you and bring us back next week so that we can hear more And we all ask this in the wonderful powerful name of jesus christ amen thank you for taking the time to listen to this message for more information about parkway fellowship Find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.